Welcome to Natural Podcast, where we bring awareness to sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with DIY chemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Nikki Jenks. Nikki is the co-founder of Centered Meditation. It was while studying psychology at university when she experienced firsthand the visceral effect of stress on her mind and body. Constant anxiety, muscle spasms, digestive issues, and the list goes on. She stumbled upon effortless meditation online and thought it sounded too good to be true. After learning the technique in 2010, she was pleasantly shocked by its immediate effects on all aspects of her life. Nikki has since spent time in India learning from different meditation masters and gurus, directed a non-profit organization, trained as an Ayurvedic practitioner, and traveled around the world organizing, undertaking, and facilitating personal development and leadership programs. Nikki is one of the lead instructors of their teaching training course, retreats, and meditation programs. Her life's purpose is to empower people to be inspired by their own true greatness and freed up to share it to the world. Some interesting facts about Nikki is she has a one-year-old after a five-year fertility journey, and she loves traveling and recently came back from a six weeks in India and Thailand with her little one and partner. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Nikki. Thanks, Mahela. Good thank to you. be here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about traveling in India and Thailand with your little one for a whole six weeks. Wow, that's crazy. Yes, it was. That's what most people said, their reaction when we said we're taking out 12 month old, which was actually like 10 and a half months at the time. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. She was in her absolute element and she could by the end do the namaste and she just like kind of waved to everyone and they're obsessed with this little cute baby. Um, and she was eating all the doses of the dal and the rice and yeah, she just loved it. So we um we had a great time. We were able to do um, Panchakarma, which is like an Ayurvedic rejuvenation program. So very much on optimal health and you know wanting to to maximize our longevity. And so we're like nothing's gonna stop us, even a baby. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah. So what was <laughs> that? Luckily, what what did you undertake? Yeah. So it was three weeks, uh, and it's a full body detoxification rejuvenation program um, through Ayurveda, which is like the Indian health system. And it, uh, so every morning we'd wake up and we'd see the Ayurvedic doctor and get our, our pulse checked. And so he would then dictate what treatments we'd have for that day. And so we'd go into treatment and it, it was, you know, full body massages, two people, full oil working on you at once. Um, and then, you know, a whole lot of other ones, this one where they pour like buttermilk on your head and they get this dough and put them into donuts on your body and fill it with warm oil and just like all these different wonderful weird treatments, which helps to just, um, I guess like just mix up all the toxins in your body, gather them all and then have them all be released. So it's, yeah, it was really, really incredible. Totally a reset of the whole physiology, pretty much. Yeah, I love the fact that you got a like a little checkup every morning to see where you're at and then base your treatments on that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, pretty cool. 
was amazing. Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway you went from that? Like being there, surrounded for three weeks, looked after, healed. What was the biggest takeaway, mm. Nikki? Mm. Well, I guess in my body, like the takeaway was just feeling totally reset from birth and from my fertility journey, you know, it was like a five year journey, which was so mammoth in all the phases that we went through. Um, and to kind of just like stop after the year of just parenting, going full straight into it. Um, and then being able to stop and process and heal and rejuvenate. And yes, I feel like just everything is totally reset back to normal post the pregnancy, the birth, the journey, all of that. So it's kind of like a must for every new mother or parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like recommended, go yeah, off. Absolutely. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's um, a big undertaking and I totally get that. It's like to just leave and have three whole weeks there um, focused on yourself and your health. It's, it's massive and it's really difficult with being a, a mom and being a parent and being just a busy person in the world. It's, we don't often have that, that luxury, but it's about priorities and it's about, and that's what, you know, you're all about. It's about optimal health and, and sometimes it's having to prioritize and, and make that the number one. So yeah. yeah, definitely. I was watching a documentary about childbirth in, I think I'm pretty sure it was some part of um, China and what happens when the individual gives birth, uh, they stay at that place, which is kind of like a healing center for three weeks. And they use traditional Chinese medicine herbs, massage to move the organs back into place, to nourish the organs, mm. to teach the parents how to look after huh. the child, massages fed food oh that's n nutritious for like three weeks after giving birth. I'm like, that, that's like a must, right? I mean, I, I don't have uh, any kids yet. Oh, oh wow. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That is a dream. Like a, every new mother's dream to be able to just go and be taken care of in like a little womb almost, which you need after that huge experience of pregnancy and birth and all the changes that are happening and for you to be able to give everything to your baby, you need to have that nourishment and nurturing and space and holding and oh my God, that would be incredible. Yeah. Just you <laughs> saying that going. And so like, different yeah. to our Western. Yeah. So different to our Western mindset of like, how quickly can you bounce back? You know, how quickly can you get back in your active wear and be out on the street and losing all the weight and kind of, and it's, like it's just crazy this culture that we have when yeah i love that yeah that's do. amazing so and like better. you said going back into the womb for the mum um to be able to give back i love that concept mm, yeah, yeah that's amazing so Nikki, mm. you've read your bio and you've been through a lot um and done a lot but what, what would you say would be the key turning points to where Nikki is now today? Like what has shifted mm. um, you to, to be on the path that you're at now? Mm, great question. Well, I would say it was like back in 2010 when I was studying. Um, I was studying psychology at the time and I was 
having a huge like existential crisis. I was young. I was only 20. Um, but I was really starting to think about like, why am I doing this? And what's my purpose in the world? And I was under a lot of pressure. I put myself under a lot of pressure. I had to, you know, maintain a distinction average in order to stay in the program. And it was really challenging, really difficult. Um, and I had, I had anxiety. I was getting, you know, like panic attacks, which had started already in school and, uh, and I, and, and, and I had gone to uni off the back of actually taking a gap year. And so that was the first time that I'd really started to discover, well, who, who I am as my essence and, you know, what can life look like? And then suddenly being thrown back into the institution and back into that, that high pressure system, uh, really sent me into this whole interesting debacle inside of my mind. Um, and it was at that time and place that I then came across effortless meditation. And it was like one of those moments, I don't know if you've had them, where I was sitting there and I, I discovered it online and I was reading about it and I was like, oh my God, what is this effortless meditation? Like I had heard about meditation, I had tried it, but I'd always found it really difficult. And for me, experiencing anxiety, experiencing a full on monkey mind, I just assumed that meditation wasn't for me. I just wasn't good enough, good at it. And, you know, it's for people that had like this still quiet mind. And so suddenly reading that, oh, it can be really easy and enjoyable and anyone can do it. You can do it anywhere. And I was like, whoa. I, and it felt like my whole life had taken me to that moment like discovering it, reading it online. I just knew that that was going to be a massive turning point for me. I could feel it in every cell of my body. And so I went and I looked it up and I found, you know, the place that I could learn effortless meditation. And I did, and it absolutely revolutionized my life. Like it was a massive, massive turning point for me. Um, yeah. So that I would say is like one of my big ones. And then years down the track, we actually just quit our jobs and decided to head to India and Sri Lanka and Nepal, like the origins of where meditation comes from. And we spent about eight months just traveling and living in ashrams and meditating in caves and um, having teachings with the Dalai Lama and other gurus and swamis and rishis. And, uh, and it was there that we then had this like epiphany of, wow, what, what if we could take these practices which have changed our lives and we know how powerful they are and what if we could create something that made them really accessible to everyone accessible to like the real modern urban professional because we knew there were so many barriers to actually having a meditation practice and starting and, and going down that that inner growth journey um and so we're like, what if we can just make it really easy and lower all the barriers so that people can just start? And that's how we then came up with this concept of, of sentence meditation. And we started with, you know, a studio in the heart of the CBD. And it was a one of a kind first in its world, in the world. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the second massive turning point um, that got us down this whole journey and route. And then I would say the third is... Um, COVID, of course, I feel like maybe for a lot of people it would be, but the pandemic and just everything having to totally shift gears and 
um, I might tell you a little bit about it later because it very much relates to this topic that we've got today of, of um, thriving through change and uncertainty. So, yeah, wow. Yeah. So I, I can just I can go back to being at uni and, like you said, trying to keep that distinction mark, trying to get all those assessments in the exams, but also trying to have a social life, trying to make money, trying to study. Mm. It's like juggling so many things at once. And then falling onto something like effortless meditation that kind of in your eyes was like, wow, is this the answer to my current issues would have been mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Exactly. Exactly. And then deciding to just go to India. What was that like, Nikki? I mean, different culture, different, different food, different climate, different everything. Uh, what, what, what was that like? Oh my God. Yeah, it is different everything. It is just such a um, a culture shock, really. And um, someone once described it as like an attack on all of your senses because there's just so much <laughs> to smell and taste and see and hear and it's noisy and it's dirty and it's um, sometimes smelly and, and it's unbelievable and it's such an adventure and it's so uh spiritual and special and like it can just really take you down this incredible uh philosophical path as well so and the Mm -hmm. kinds of people that are drawn to it like that's one of the most interesting things the people that you meet while you're there um and so my my um my husband now but he was at the time we had just gotten engaged um so my fiance at the time and we we just went with no plan we just went and we just met people and and from there found out where to go next and what to do next. And so we, yeah, just discovered so much and really lent into all these different modalities and different types of uh, meditation and types of, um, yeah, like the, it's like spiritual and, um, personal development programs and courses and um ashrams and all that it was yeah it was unbelievable yeah (laughs) talk all day about it i can just imagine was it different meditating there in india compared to maybe meditating here now in australia yeah uh yes and no um because at the end of the day you know, meditation is such a solo practice and you close your eyes and you go inwards and that, and wherever you go, there you are. So, you know, it's always going to feel, um, similar, but yet because of the, because the environment there is so conducive to it and because of where we were, it was all set up for that. And, um, you know, and there were different elements along the way. So there was, satsangs which are like uh, kind of like uh karaoke in a way or like a sing-along um type thing so there's chanting and so there's all these extra additions that are on top of it and then also there's a lot of um gurus and um you know spiritual people along the way that have that have got enlightened there in different caves and different places so you can visit these places and you can meditate in these places which um was interesting and it does have a different energy about it so it can sometimes you know can sometimes feel a little bit different whether it's different because 
of where you are and the actual vibration of the place or whether it's because you it's in your mind and you think you're at a place where someone was enlightened who knows but um <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely it was definitely really um amazing amazing yeah i love that experience yeah. and i love that you got drawn there and it actually allowed you to be and um, bring those things over here, like you said, to the average individual or the professional and um, opening up in the CBD, in the busy center. So did you open that up in Sydney and what did that look like? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we knew when we were there that it's not for everyone to quit their jobs and go off traveling and, you know, to do that whole seeker thing. And, um, and yet meditation is such a powerful tool and, and it's also so, it can be so separate to that whole, um, spiritual path. Like it's, you don't have to be on that spiritual path in order to meditate. And I think for a lot of people that does become a barrier or they think it's religious or they think it's woo woo, or they think it's hippie or something like that. And, and so we really wanted to, to make meditation as a tool, just so accessible to everyone, especially, you know, who we were when we found it, you know, how could, you know, how could we have people who were experiencing all the stress that we were, um, be, be, have access to this tool. And so we were like, all right, well, let's target the potentially most highly stressed in our society, which is, um, people in some Sydney, would argue, no. the, the, the pe people in Sydney in the CBD. Yep. <laughs> um, I love it. And so, yeah, so we went to literally the financial district in Sydney and we opened up a studio and it was this like urban sanctuary there to be able for, for people to be able to come in and just have guided effortless meditations and go in and out, um, and get the actual benefit of the practice. So, um, yeah, it was, and people thought we were crazy at the time because it was at a time that meditation, there were not all these apps. There was not, you know, well, there wasn't all this media about it. There weren't all the famous people meditating quite yet, or at least, People didn't know that they were, they probably already were, but people didn't know. Um, and so like everyone thought we were crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Like, how, how, are, you, how are you putting all your life savings into this? Like, how you know anyone's going to turn up? Um, and we just knew it was so needed and necessary and we just so believed in it. And so we opened up anyway. And um, yeah, before we knew it, we had urban professionals in their suits, in their heels, walking in during lunchtime, the morning, the evening after work, um, and just actually getting that dose of meditation and more importantly, getting the ripple effect that comes from it into their day. Um, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, how I feel like I'm saying amazing a lot, but yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's the only way to describe it. Yeah. And how, how generous, selfless, and beautiful of you to bring that 
to these individuals. Uh, like you said, not everyone can just go, I'm just going to quit my job, quit everything for eight months and travel. And yet you both decided, you know what, we're going to bring this to, you know, uh, the everyday individual. How, yeah, how selfless and beautiful and generous of you to, to do that. And so many people um, would have benefited from it and had that ripple effect, like you said. So it's not just in that moment. It may have benefited their, their family, their partner, their work, their own health and the community, society, you know, can have a huge ripple effect. Yeah, so spot on. And thank you so much for that feedback. That's really kind of you. But yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, Let, let's talk about today's topic, thriving through change and uncertainty. I love that change and uncertainty because there has been a lot of it um, occurring in the world right oh, now, yeah. as we know. And most people probably think or even believe it's impossible to survive, yet alone thrive through this time. And we know a lot of individuals here in Australia are struggling, and we can just imagine people overseas in third world countries and so forth, everything that's happening. Tell me um, how you believe it is impossible to um, thrive through change and uncertainty, yet alone survive, Nikki. Yeah, such a good question. And the key is that it is all about our mindset. It's all about our perception towards it and, and not just the perception, but then also what, what drives the mindset because really our mindset is made up so much more of just how we choose to think, but really the, the subconscious underneath it, which has got all of the stuff from our past stored there, which has all our self-limiting beliefs, which is what actually affects and influences our conscious thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. And so when we are faced with change and uncertainty, the way that we respond to that is going to be dictated by how we've been programmed to respond to it. And so if we can shift and transform that programming and at the same time deal with our nervous system, you know, like really look at how our nervous system is operating and really de-excite that and take care of our health um, and our bodies and our minds. Well, then with that concoction, then we, we can absolutely thrive in those, in those instances. Yeah. And the, the key word that you said there is how we have been programmed to deal with it. Um, how have we been programmed or what things affect this programming, how we react to these things? Mm. Yeah. So essentially we go through life. And we, from a very young age, from babies even, um, some say even earlier than that, when we're even inside the womb, and there's even actually research to show that from when we're in the womb, we're already getting affected by our mother's stress levels and anxiety levels and all of that. Um, and then from the moment we come out and we're in the world, we have experiences. And from those experiences, we learn and it's not just our, our brain that learns and our mind, but our bodies actually learn as well. Our body really keeps the score. And so when we have uncomfortable experiences, unpleasant experiences, stressful experiences, even traumatic experiences, when they end, they don't just disappear from the body or the mind. They actually leave an imprint 
they leave like a bit of a, of, of a residue there, which is deep in the subconscious part of the mind. And it's those imprints which act as like a lens or a filter to the way that we then see the world, the way that we see ourselves, the beliefs that we have about ourselves and what we can and can't do and our potential, what's possible for us, what's not possible for us. And, and so when we're then faced with, with the situation, you know, it's, it's then all that stuff, all the residue, all the filter, all the lens, all those beliefs and all the patterns. Cause we've, we've really programmed in, um, patterns, you know, and they're very predictable patterns, which we've learned over time. And, and so that's just what comes out, you know, something happens and then that, that programming just unfolds. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's actually very predictable too, which is when we start to know and we can see it and we can have a look, it's like, Oh, wow. Um, and it's very liberating to uncover all that and discover all that and realize and then start to actually shift it and take ownership over how we want to be in the world, how we want to respond rather than just reacting in the way we've been conditioned to. Yeah, it's how we want to react to this. So I guess the more we practice how we react to certain situations, the more it becomes normal. So when things do come up, it's not just um, the way we used to react because of all those, you know, imprints. It's how we want to react because we've trained ourselves. Yeah, exactly. It's um, we we train ourselves to act and re and respond differently. But what we also do is we clear out that stuff from the subconscious, and it's re it's possible to do that, and that's why. I love, love effortless meditation because it's actually going in there. And, you know, so when we're meditating, we actually start to produce a concoction of brainwave patterns. And um, we have alpha one brainwaves, which show that we're awake, but we're relaxed. And then we have theta brainwaves, which usually are only produced when we're dreaming at night in like REM sleep. And so they believe that theta brainwaves provide access to the subconscious part of the mind. And when we're meditating, we start getting those theta brainwaves, which means that that door to the subconscious is opened. And so we start to actually, without knowing it, like this is all just happening, we go in there and we start to clear out and release some of that stored stuff from the past that I was talking about, that programming. And as that's released, it's like the lens just suddenly gets taken off and we start seeing the world differently. We get this greater um, perspective over who we really are and, oh, that's why I do that and think that way. And that's why, you know, that person does that. We start to see the world very differently. Um, and so it's a mixture of just naturally, we don't have that stuff in the way filtering our ability to see situations. And also, as you said, you know, practicing a new way of being and a new way of responding. And so the two of that makes for, you know, the ability to really thrive in, in a, in a situation of change and uncertainty, you know, we can, instead of being used by fear and driven by fear, we see it as like an opportunity and we can take advantage of it. It's like, wow, well, something's different here. And how can I use that to my advantage? How can I 
actually respond with a total in a novel way and really make use of this situation, um, which makes it exciting. You know, you have that real curiosity there and you're able to, yeah, do things that you never imagined. There's like real innovation that comes at, at that time. And so that's what I mean by actually thriving through change, like really coming up with things that we never imagined was possible. Um, and that's how our business today is completely different to what it was, you know, eight years ago. It's, we don't have a studio anymore. We, and that's how we started. We started with the studio and that was the concept. And now we don't even have a studio and yet we're in a, like just making more of a difference than we ever thought was possible. Um, because yeah. of that ability to really thrive at that time and, and innovate and based mm. on what was needed in our environment. Yeah. I, the fact of, you know, those glasses that you were talking about, the lens that you see things and then you're like, Oh, I do this. And then seeing it in other people, it's like, wow, that, that in itself is an awakening where you can see, uh, yourself thinking of doing things that you're like, Oh, okay, cool. I can shift that. I can adjust that. Or I don't want to be like that. Or I do want to be more of that. Especially when you see it in others and you pick yeah. it up and you go, wow, how can I, or for example, if you see a mate or a coworker reacting to a stressful situation, you go, Ooh, they're reacting that way. I would really like to react a bit more like that what does it take to do that um and reflecting i think mm. that's a huge huge um benefit and the more you meditate the more you're in those brain waves uh the more you're able to adjust the reactions and thrive like and even your studio like you were saying it started off with an actual physical studio but you're adjusting and changing through uncertainty and like you said now you're actually thriving mm -hmm. in this uncertainty Mm, exactly. And I love the word that you used awakening because that's exactly what it is. It is like this waking up process that happens and that's what growth looks like. You know, that's what our own inner growth journey looks like, really awakening to new levels of, of awareness and, and yeah, seeing everything differently and responding differently. And yeah. Lovely. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've mentioned a few times effortless meditation. Um, it's what got you into all of this. And uh, I thought let let let's touch base on what actually is it like? What is effortless meditation in itself? Yeah. So, um, I love telling people about this because I know for me it was just mind blowing when I first heard of it. Because I'm like, what effortless and meditation? How can those two words go together? <laughs> Cause it had been so difficult for me until then. And so how I like to see it is that there are so many different types of meditation, right? And I see them existing on a spectrum from really effortful types at one end, which require a lot of cognitive effort. They're difficult. They're challenging. We have to concentrate and focus and control our mind. And then there's all these different types down the spectrum to varying degrees of that cognitive effort and difficulty until we hit the other end of the spectrum, which is where effortless forms of meditation lie. And they are absolutely effortless. So I'm, I'm talking no focus, no concentration, no mental control. 
and they are really easy to practice and they feel really, really good when you're practicing them. And then the interesting thing is because when I first tell people, you know, this concept of effortless meditation and describe the spectrum, the initial thought is, wait, but is that effective? Like surely, you know, we live in this no pain, no gain society. Like if something's going to be effective, I have to be really like slogging it out. Yeah. Um, and yet what's so cool is that there is so much research that's been done. There's more than like 600 studies on effortless forms of meditation, which are in peer reviewed scientific journals. Um, and that is mind blowing when you see the evidence that it, it is, it is absolutely so highly effective and on all aspects of physiology, psychology, and what's really cool about it is that they happen very quickly. Like from the first time that you ever do effortless meditation, changes are already happening in the brain and the body and the mind. And so, yeah, like meditation can be really easy and really enjoyable, feel really good to do it and be like highly effective as well. So that's what I mean by effortless meditation. <laughs> so, for individuals listening that have maybe used meditation before, whatever meditation it has been, what would be the key, key difference um, if there is the same like sitting, are they standing? Yeah. Is it voice? Is it guided? Mm -hmm. Is it when, because you said not using your brain mm -hmm. and it being effortless. That, explain a little bit more what that means. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, it's so when we meditate in any type of meditation, we have what I like to call an anchor, which is a particular place that we come to rest our awareness on. And our anchor can be anything, you know, it can be our breath. It can be sensations of the body. It can be our other senses. It can be like sound. Um, it can be a mantra images, like a journey through a piece of nature. So there are so many different anchors that we can use in any meditation. The difference is how we use that anchor. So in, in more concentrative types of meditation, we use that anchor, but it's more like a focal point and we really concentrate on, on it and we focus on it and we try to keep our attention on that focal point for as long as we can. And, you know, the aim is to really get better at keeping our attention on that, on that focal point and not letting it wander away. And, you know, yes, if it does wander away, be kind to yourself, be gentle, but you really want to get better at keeping the attention on the focal point. You know, that, that's what those look like. And, and I'm not dissing them at all. They absolutely have a lot of evidence behind them. They work. If you practice them long enough and hard enough, they absolutely yield a lot of benefit. Um, in effortless meditation, we use that anchor, but in a completely effortless way. So we're not concentrating on it and focusing on it and trying to hold it in our mind. We, we, it's a very gentle approach. We're just resting the awareness on it in a sloppy, lazy, gentle way. And so how we treat our mind is very different. And you know, it sounds subtle, the difference, but it is so huge in practice. And the experience of what happens inside your mind and your body is so 
vastly different when you actually use it in that total effortless way. And that's why it's actually like really useful to have um, professional instruction on effortless meditation because it takes a bit of unlearning and undoing and untrying. You know, when we say don't try, we can't like, we just live in this world where everything that we do, we try. And so we can't yeah. help, but, you know, be effortless, don't try. And we're like, okay, I'll just try a little bit less. Um, and so what, what, um, you know, a, a professional, um, effortless meditation teacher is trained to do is to really ensure and fine tune your practice and make sure that you are absolutely using it in that total effortless way. Um, and not, yeah, not concentrating, not focusing, just undoing all that, that effort. Yeah. Wow. And I guess you are allowing your mind to do what it wants to do, where it wants to go. And therefore you're allowing new ideas. You're allowing it to go where it needs to go. Kind of like, um, it's kind of like I just thought of a dog and just letting a loose lead and just trusting that it'll go where it needs to go and it'll come back to you instead of having a leash on it and pushing it to walk next to you and it needs to walk next to you, right next to you, five centimeters on your right side. Is that, That's kind of what I'm getting the difference maybe in a way. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I actually use that analogy sometimes of like a little puppy dog you know, and we like the puppy dog wants to run away and we let it run away. We love that it's exploring the world and doing that. And we, you know, trust it. And then at some point we kind of like happen to realize, you know, where we are, what we're doing, we come to, and it's, it means that, that, that process is kind of finished for the time being. It's like our mind wants to debug itself. And I love that you said, you know, we let our mind do what it wants to do and we let it do what it knows it needs to do. You know, we really trust the intelligence of the mind and the body to, to do something very natural. It knows and it wants to debug itself. You know, when given the opportunity, it will unload all that stress and it will unload all that programming and stuff in the subconscious. And so we really trust and we let it do its thing. And then when, when we come to, so to speak, when we happen to realize where we are, what we're doing, um, you know, we then, we then come back to our anchor, you know, that then we're like, Oh, what do I do next? Oh, I've got that anchor. It's like the puppy dog. Oh, okay. I, I can't see my mom anymore. Where's my mom? Okay. I'll go back to my mom again. You know, it's that safety place. Then that safety person that we can then come to at points on our journey through the meditation. So mm. yeah, I love that metaphor. Yeah. And in the Good meantime, one. the puppy has peed, pooed, um, rolled in some grass, made some other friends with some other animals, and it did what it needed to do to fill its soul for that time, and then it comes back when it's ready. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. love that. And it's part of the, the growing and the learning and the developing and all that important stuff. We can't keep the puppy dog caged in at home all day. Like It needs to go out and explore the world. It needs to go and, and do all that stuff to poop and pee and find friends and yes, yeah, so yeah. we, we need that process. Yeah. Sometimes mm. like, you know, I struggle with the point of sometimes, you know, having the meditation where it's in the morning or it's in the night, but what, what if, what if my, um, soul, my mind wants to do a meditation at one o'clock randomly on a day instead of nine o'clock in the morning, it's kind of like the whole concept of letting it 
do what it's meant to do, how it's meant to do, not putting so much pressure around it or having to sit for five minutes. What if it wants to sit mm-hmm. only for two minutes that day? Or what if it wants to sit for 27 minutes? You know, I feel as yeah. if the more, I do, look, I do feel as an intention is key um, and having some sort of structure mm-hmm. around it, but also allowing flexibility and freedom because the more we try and control, the less outcome we get. Absolutely. It is all about like really trusting that intelligence of our organism. And it knows sometimes we just need to sit longer because we just need that debugging. Sometimes we don't. And, you know, it's just really trusting is so, so key. So yeah. I love what you're saying in that. And with, um, you know, the key with effortless meditation as well, because you asked before, do we stand, do we sit? So a key part of it is being really comfortable. You know, we want to make sure that we're super comfortable when we do it. And so we want back support. Um, you know, ideally we keep the head unsupported. We let that, that, that room and flow, but, um, but we want to be like in a comfy armchair or the couch or the bed if we want with our legs outstretched, outstretched. And, um, and then we let, we let, our organism do its thing Mm. just totally trust in that yeah that's amazing and with all your experience of um you know teaching and meditation and so forth what have you seen have been challenges that individuals have come across but then on the other side what have you seen as the positive outcomes that individuals have seen from doing this meditation Mm, so challenges in terms of their meditation practice are you asking or challenges in life in general yeah challenges of the practice maybe of the practice okay perfect um ah so i mean first of all when people come to us like their challenge if especially if they've experienced other more difficult uh focused concentrative forms of meditation um has been in in the practice itself and feeling competent at it and, um, feeling success in the actual meditation, you know, so they really struggle with it and they find it difficult and challenging. It feels like a chore. And so the first thing we do is we, you know, undo all of that, teach them the effortless approach so that they absolutely fall in love with their practice and they really adore it. And they actually look forward to it. You know, it's not this thing that they put on their list that they need to do because, They've seen all the research shows that it's supposed to be good for them. You know, they actually look forward to it, enjoy it, and they see the benefit themselves constantly. Like whenever they put it first and they do it, they get that ROI tenfold back. Um, So that's probably the first thing in like really shifting their whole um, perspective on it and approach to it and relationship with it. Um, and then another challenge I would say is in, you know, fitting it in and that time piece and prioritizing it, you know, as I always say, it's, um, you know, we all have 24 hours in the day and it's just about how we utilize those hours and where we spend them. And sometimes we create a bit of a story around, I don't have time. Um, and we can kind of lean on that as an excuse. And if we authentically, honestly have a look and we really map out where we use our time, we can see, oh, you know what, instead of like scrolling for those 15 minutes down that rabbit hole on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, instead of, I don't know, watching 
that that extra episode because you're drawn into it um, on, on, on Netflix or whatever it is, um, you know, maybe I could use that time and devote that to myself and to the meditation. And so it's really kind of hacking it into our schedule and reorganizing and prioritizing. That's like a real key. And I know for a lot of people, when they're really busy and they're really stressed, the last thing they think of is like, how could I sit down and do nothing for a while? I have so much to do. Look at my to-do list. Like, there's no way I could stop and do nothing for a while. But when they then do that and realize, oh my God, I get so much more energy, more creativity, like more productivity, it, 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 they realize, wow, by taking that time out, I'm actually gaining so much more of the rest of the hours that I have. They're utilized so much better and more effectively. Um, so that's another, you know, challenge that people have that we help them with really shifting. And, and then it's also, you know, it just becomes habit and routine and it becomes like part of your identity and part of just what you do. It's like, Every morning I brush my teeth. I'd never think about not brushing my teeth. It's just what I do. I don't have to think, should I brush my teeth or not? And that's how meditation becomes. It's just part of who you are and what you do. And you don't even have to think about it. It's just wound in. It just happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that those challenges are overcome so easily. Um, and on the other side, benefits of them moving from another type of meditation to this meditation. Have you seen them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and first of all, it's really that, that shift that I was talking about in, instead of it being, um, you know, a little bit of a chore or just a bit of a struggle or a challenge to just total ease and flow yeah. and, loving it, like really falling in love and adoring that time with themselves um, and really and getting the benefits straight away immediately, like really seeing the changes that that has in their life. Um, and then because the effects come so quickly on the, the, the body and the mind, um, you know, they really start to see that benefit take shape and they love that. And that becomes that feedback loop. So they keep doing it in order to, they kind of become addicted to it in a good way. It's a really good addiction. It replaces the coffee addiction. It replaces the Netflix addiction. Um, because it gives you so much back to yourself and your life and other people as well. It's like, when we were talking about that ripple effect, you know, it's not, it's not selfish to sit down and, and, and have that care for yourself and that time out for yourself. You really give that back to everyone else when you do it, because you come out happier, calmer, more creative, you know? And so everyone benefits your kids, your colleagues, your partners, your, you know, everyone around your pets, even everybody benefits <laughs> from that calmer, happier, energized, creative you. Yeah, so many benefits of you taking that time out for yourself. Like you mentioned, it has the whole ripple effect on so many things. Um, Nikki, effortless meditation and thriving through change and uncertainty. What What is the link there? 
I mean, how can mm. some people might be like, well, how's meditation going to help me through this uncertainty that I'm going through my life? I mean, I need to do yeah. a to-do list. I need to do this. I need to do that. So much uncertainty. I don't have money. I don't have time. I don't have patience. So many limiting beliefs can be going through an individual's mind through change and uncertainty. And the last thing on their mind would be, I'm going to mm. sit in that corner by myself, like, and just be <laughs> like, you know, well, what's the link? I know. It sounds crazy and it sounds like the absolute <laughs> last thing that we have time for or that we would think would help, right? Absolutely. Um, so here's how it helps. So there's those two pieces, right? So there's the, the, the nervous system and then there's the mindset and there's like all that stuff in the subconscious like we were talking about before. And so first of all, our nervous systems are all on like sympathetic overdrive they're revving at such a high level and they're in this constant fight or flight and when we're in fight or flight we're literally our body is fighting for its life or like gearing up to flee to run away and survive it's all about survival and when we're in that state of a survival we we can't think clearly because Literally, the, the the body's so intelligent. It shuts off. It shuts off creative thinking because why would we need to be thinking creatively? Why would we need to recall memories when there's a line in front of us? And the name of the game is survival. All the resources of our body is all drawn to and focused on and and given to surviving and everything that's needed for that. Um, so our heart rate increases and our, our blood pressure increases and the, and the oxygen, to, oxygen to our brains, so our breath rate increases. Everything's just geared to survival and in fight or flight. And then everything that's not is shut down, including systems of the body that aren't required for survival, like our digestive system, our reproductive system, our hormonal system, you know, like all these systems of the body and the brain, memories, creativity, all of that, like that's all shut down. And so when we're in that state of survival and then there's some change, which we suddenly need to work out what to do and we need creativity and we need space and we need calm. But because our whole nervous system is literally revving completely, um, that just gets in the way of our ability to respond or to respond effectively. And we make really irrational decisions and we just do things, you know, ad hoc and, and which we often regret later or which just aren't, they're not optimal. You know, they don't allow us to actually respond novelly and use the situation to our advantage. And so what the effortless meditation is doing is it's calming all of that down. It's like de-exciting the whole nervous system, taking it back down and reminding the body that we are okay, we're safe, we don't need to be in that state of survival, and we don't, we don't, need, to be, don't need to be fleeing for our life or fighting the lions. Um, we're safe and we're okay. <clears throat> and it, it activates that relaxation response in the body. <clears throat> and then that's when all of those systems of the body and capacities of the brain and the mind open up again 
And so we're able to then make decisions so much clearer and so much more effectively and from a place of like real curiosity and creativity. And we can, you know, use it, the situation to our advantage actually. Um, so that's where the meditation fits in, in terms of the nervous system. And then like what I was saying before, because when we're meditating, we've got the theta brain waves and we're actually going into the subconscious and we're clearing out all those lenses, like all the self-limiting beliefs, because what happens in that state of change is we go into, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this and I'm not good enough. And I'm like, all that, all that stuff, that negative self-talk, all those hidden belief systems come rearing their ugly head and they get in the way as well. And because when we're meditating, we're actually undoing that. We're releasing that. We're relieving ourselves of all of that. We're taking all those lenses off so that again, when the change hits, the uncertainty hits, that's no longer affecting us. That's not no longer filtering our view. And so we can you know, from a very different place, we can be making those decisions and taking the actions that, that are going to make a real difference. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you've just summarized that so well in regards to our overactive nervous system. And I mean, every single individual, if you're a stay at home mum, if you're a business owner, if you're a single parent, if you're a teenager, if you're going through uni, any of those stages of our life, our nervous system is overactivated with everything that's happening around us, especially in the last few years, right? And then having something as effortless meditation, allowing us to just be and create, like you said, um, create the you know the the state that we want to be in and the life that we want to live and move away from that uncertainty and thrive like that is amazing that we can just easily shift into that and individuals listening might not even think that was a possibility and now they're like wow nikki i can totally do this yeah i think so you so 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 can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. And I mean, you have evidence of you doing it. You've got evidence of your students doing it. Um, individuals, even, even, you know, celebrities and people around us, they are meditating. They are thriving through this change. You don't have to be on struggle street or nervous system exhaustion or anything mm -hmm. along those lines through this time. Like we have the power, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you a personal example from my own life, uh, which I alluded to at the very start. And that is that um, it was so, <laughs> okay, think back to that moment um, in 2020, that year we will never forget um, when, so we just came off the back of one of our retreats. We have these incredible three-day here and now retreats, as we call them, which fuses the effortless meditation and all the inner growth work together. And it's a bit of a like bubble of utopia when you're there. And so we're there and we're like shut off from the world. And then we come back on the Sunday night and suddenly we're hit with this news that all workforces have been sent home. It was that weekend um, in March, 2020, where everything just like everyone suddenly took it seriously, you know, it was like, oh yeah, this COVID thing. Okay. 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 And suddenly it was like, oh my God, it's serious. And everyone was sent home. So there we are with a guided meditation studio in the CBD 
we you know we exist for professionals in the city and now there's no one in the city anymore and we at first were like oh my god what's going to happen like what's going to happen to our business and our livelihood and you know all of that comes out and then again we just came back to hold on like let's come back to what we know let's come back to our practice and let's just let's just like de-excite the nervous system um and then let's just see this totally differently and we realized oh my god there's all these people out there that have going through this mammoth change and there's fear like fear was so rife so rife like fear for our safety and our children and our lives and um you know fear for the world and our businesses and our um livelihood and all of that and so we're like okay how can we actually help people at a time like this when they so need it you know not everyone has what we have these practices you know how, well, how can we actually make these practices really accessible to everyone and help them during this time and so we then within 24 hours our physical studio turned into a virtual studio so we were doing everything live streamed online and you know now when we think about it yeah like everything became online everything was on zoom and like that just became reality but at the time it wasn't it, at the time you know a lot of people hadn't heard of zoom yet um so it was very like quick and novel and um and mammoth to just suddenly switch and so we got on there straight away and we started just having it available to everyone and 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 we created this unbelievable community because until then, you know, in the city, coming in to meditate, everyone's very in and out, very busy. We don't have much time. And suddenly you've got all these people with more time. They're sitting there at home. There's a lot of people that are lonely. There's a lot of people dealing with a lot of stuff. And then they were able to connect to each other and, and, and to us. And we were, and mm. it was really beautiful, that connection that we had. And we had also just, um, kick-started our meditation teacher training program which was all meant to be face-to-face -face. and again suddenly we switched it and it became online and we and it worked so incredibly well having it online and and that meant that we were then able to open up beyond sydney cbd suddenly anyone in australia could do our programs and anyone in the world so we started getting people all around the world doing our meditation teacher training programs and um, we ran an online retreat um and so suddenly our you know this tool and this passion of ours to make meditation really accessible to everyone like opened up beyond what you know just the access we had to the sydney cbd to literally everyone in the world so um when we made that shift and we really opened up uh it you know we were able to fulfill on our purpose so much more and so yeah now our business is um mostly virtual mostly you know online and the things that we do but we run we continue to run retreats and we run them um you know multiple times a year um and and they still you know continue to be like just such an incredible foundation but all of our teacher training programs all of our corporate programs all of the guided meditations you know that's all done online now as well which is yeah super exciting 
What an extraordinary example of how to thrive in uncertainty and change. And, you know, you're the walking example right there. Your business is the example right there. Um, and having access to individuals all around the world and spreading your message and your mission. Wow, like how heartfelt and, you know, soulful that is in itself. Um, Nikki, where can people find more information on, you know, wanting to potentially do some training, potentially do some meditation, do one of the retreats? Where could they access that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, head to our website, which is centeredmeditation.com.au and centered spelt the Australian way, the British way, so C-E-N-T-R-E-D. Um, and on there, you'll see um, all of the information, all of the stuff. We've got a... Um, uh, a masterclass on how to wake up every day authentically fulfilled, even when shit hits the fan, which is exactly <laughs> in line with what we've been talking about. Um, and so you can get free access to that 45 minute masterclass, which I highly recommend. And part of that included in that is a complimentary coaching call as well with one of our team where we can start to look at yeah, like, you know, what what are potentially some of those subconscious beliefs that are there that are getting in the way? You know, what gets in the way of your ability to really thrive through change? So, um, yeah, highly recommend doing that. And, um, and then ultimately learning effortless meditation. So we've got courses on mastering the art of meditating effortlessly, and they're done over three sessions on Zoom, online, so anyone can do them. And, um, yeah, really highly recommend just starting the practice and falling in love with it and adding that to your to your life and your identity. Yeah, adding it to your little toolkit that you can use at any given time. I love that. I'll put all the notes um, in the show notes with your email, uh, sorry, with your um, address um, and also with the program that they can touch base upon with the webinar. Absolutely love, love, loved having you on the Natural Health yeah. Podcast, Nikki. The information that you shared with us about effortless meditation, about how to go through change and uncertainty, thrive through it. I think it's definitely a top timely podcast uh, for the individuals uh, to make the most out of it and thrive with what they're faced with. Thank you so much, Mahela. I've absolutely loved being here, loved our conversation, loved all of your questions. I could stay here all day. And you know, <laughs> if anyone wants to email me, you can even put the email in the show notes as well. So happy, you know, yeah, to, to guide people on this journey through life, this crazy, crazy journey that we are on. So I uh, would love to be of any assistance. Yeah, thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you for joining us on that trial podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your help. Content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and it's for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a circumstance, 
circumstances show the natural podcast mahela ragu's any guests or contributors to the natural podcast or any employees associates or affiliates of mahela ragu's be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the natural podcast by listening to this podcast you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others please note if you're taking prescription do not stop your medication or start a new protocol including but not limited supplements diet lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional if you or any person has a medical concern you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the natural podcast or in any linked materials if you think you may have a medical emergency call your doctor or emergency services immediately neither mahala raguz nor the publisher of this context takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in the educational content.